So as you know, we've been in this series, which we've called In Gloucester, it is in heaven, and we are coming near the end. We're coming to near the end. We've been in it for several months, and we've just got a few more messages in the Sermon on the Mount. And tonight, we are looking at one of the passages, which is one of the most popular, most often quoted passages in all of the Bible, right? Judge not. (laughs) Judge not, lest ye be judged yourself in the King James, right? And I I just want to start off by saying, being falsely judged, it really sucks, doesn't it? Have, Have you ever been falsely judged? Somebody takes one piece of information about you and then assumes a whole bunch of other stuff about you that ain't true. When somebody judges you by one reality of your life or one way things look, and then they just, they just go and they just judge you. And I want to say that I am familiar with being falsely judged. I'm absolutely, being, I'm absolutely familiar with that. And it's funny because I'll hear from one end, I'll hear from one end, I'll hear people who will say, you know what, um, I know about you guys and what you're doing, and I know some of the people I've seen you have meals with and I've seen come to your church and I see how you're at the bar and I see how you're doing XYZ and you know what you are a sellout I hear that all the time hear that all the time we get messages all the time and I mean every week (laughs) every week literally we get messages What are you doing? You're not faithful to the gospel. And at the same, same time, at the same time, when people get to know us and find out that, oh, like, you're the kind of Christian that I've only seen in the movies, like, you believe all that? Like, you, you, like, you actually believe, like, the whole heaven and hell and Jesus being real and all that, not just like good stories so we can live good lives, but like you believe this stuff, then it moves from you're a sellout to you're like some kind of cult leader, huh? (laughs) Trying to brainwash people. (laughs) And I'm just like, can you all get on the same page and decide which one it is? (laughs) Because I can't be both. I'm either a sellout, (laughs) right? Or I'm a cold leader. Which one is it? <laughs> we have to figure this one out. But it, it, it's, it's, you know, I joke about it, but it, it does suck. Like, having people that you actually do respect, um, you, you feel like you're on the same team as them, and they look at you like you're not on my team. That hurts. Hurts worse than the people who are like, you're crazy. And you're like, okay, I probably am crazy to you. That's fine. 
What hurts worse is when someone that you want to be like, listen, we have disagreements, but we're on the same side of this issue, you know? It is horrible being falsely judged. And I think all of us can relate to being falsely judged at some point. And we read these words and we should hear this as a do not judge, do not commit this evil judging, right? Where you take one piece of information, a hot take, a quick look at somebody, and you make an entire judgment of what you think they are all about. And you don't know them. You don't know what's going on in their lives. Now, what Jesus was saying, he was teaching to a very particular context. And he was not saying, don't make any discernment. Don't make any judgment calls. Don't use your brain. Don't let your instincts that tell you that person's not safe. Don't, it, Jesus is not saying, ignore all that and just go with people. We know he isn't saying that because the next breath is, beware of the dogs. <laughs> And so Jesus is not getting down on something that we would think of as politically correct. <laughs> but this is what he is talking about. That final judgment. So in that day, Jesus would have been on that mountain. Yes, the whole crowd heard him, but he is really speaking to his disciples. The ones he handpicked. And the other people heard and it was for them too, but that's how it always is, right? We have always people that we are walking with. We are united. We are moving forward. But there is always room for more. <laughs> there is always room for more. When I hang out with people and I invite people over, I'm the type of person, God bless my wife, there's always room <laughs> for another. <laughs> that's just how we do it. And that's how Jesus did it. But we don't want to forget the fact. We don't want to get, forget the fact that he was looking at his disciples, right? And he is teaching them. And he's teaching them in contrast to the Pharisees, who were a group of religious leaders who liked to make ultimate judgments about people. There's an old word for it. And they would say, let whoever be anathema if they do this or that. And what they're saying is that this person is not just that what they're doing is wrong, not what that they're doing is harmful, and we should try to stop them, and that's not good for everybody. But what they're saying is, if you do X, Y, and Z, and eat with people who do X, Y, and Z, and date people who do X, Y, and Z, you are condemned forever. There is no hope for you. And Jesus has just got done talking about how he wants his kingdom to look like. He's been talking about how he wants his kingdom to look like a little piece of heaven on earth. And how he wants people to live with integrity and love and faithfulness. And to not manipulate people. And to do what they say and say what they do. And after all of this, he looks at his disciples and says, but do not condemn people. For with the measure which you condemn people, you will be condemned yourself. Me and my wife have this habit of finding these vacations where 
you know, if you go on Airbnb and you find a vacation with no reviews, it's like rolling the dice. No one had been to that house yet. You don't know if it's like the murder house from the horror movies or if it's a good spot, you know. But, you know, me being cheap, <laughs> that's one we always go to. <laughs> yeah. And we went to this cabin. And it's funny because um, it's like I went back and I looked on Airbnb and it's like almost four times much more expensive a night to stay <laughs> in that cabin now that we went there and gave it a good review. So it's a good tip if you want. But again, if, if you end up in someone's psycho house, <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> and we were in this house and um, house was full of these books. They graduated from St. Joseph, some, some one of the people who owned the house, and all the C.S. Lewis and all these great books and mystics and all this stuff. House was owned by two guys in, in Manhattan um, in a, who were married to each other, two men. And um, they rented out the house to their friends who were in Manhattan. And... Um, It's like one of the things we judge people on, right? They're like, okay, these two guys were married, gay for each other, and we say, you know, what's going on? And what I, what I want to say is, this is a good example of taking one piece, one part of the reality of somebody. How do you know that those two guys aren't better sons than you? Better neighbors than you? Better workers than you? You don't. Right? And we do this. There are certain things that we put people in the condemned column. You've been around long enough to know that I am not preaching some do whatever you want, whatever makes you happy, live your happiness stuff. That's not me, <laughs> right? But Jesus is saying that you cannot condemn people because that is God's job. You cannot stand and look at someone's heart through their skin, into their heart, into their soul, and make a final call of where somebody stands before God. You cannot anathematize people. You can't. And you may look at somebody, and a lot of people will look at a lot of our situations, including mine, from other places and other churches, right? And they would look like run down the list and swipe left, swipe left, right? They'd look at every single one of us, and there'd be something that raises a flag, and every single one of us is condemnable based on the fact that we don't have the right pedigree for somebody. Our living situation who, who, you know, our parents, there's something about every single person in this room that doesn't measure up to somebody. And Jesus says, do not judge, lest ye be judged yourself. 
there is one fact about you. Back when I was a kid, Polaroids were really big. You know, you could take a picture and it would shoot out instantly and they're kind of making a comeback. Actually upstairs, we have this little printer that will instantly print photos and we use it for like Halloween and we use it for different events, right? It'll print it out in like 30 seconds. It's really fun, right? And what happens is, is that we don't just do this to other people, we do it to ourselves. We take a picture, the Polaroid snap of us at our worst. And we like put it in the mirror and we tape it there. And when we're looking in the mirror, what do we see? We see ourselves at our worst. We see the worst thing about ourselves. And if we are called not to condemn other people, guess what? You're also called not to condemn yourself. You're supposed to take that Polaroid and you're supposed to burn it because in Christ there is no condemnation for all those who believe in Jesus. So if you're united to Jesus, if you're united to Jesus, there is no condemnation for you. God is not angry with you anymore. Do you hear me? Like he's not angry with you at all anymore if you are in Jesus. That's what we preach. But somebody will say, but, 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 Pastor, like, wait a second. Some people deserve my condemnation. Some people deserve my total, I'm going to write them off. And yet, all of Scripture, all of Scripture, like a chorus over and over again from Old Testament to New Testament says that vengeance is mine. I'm talking about abuse. I'm talking about the worst things that can happen to somebody. We cannot condemn. Doesn't mean we trust. Doesn't mean we're best friends. Okay, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into right judging in a minute, but I don't want to get there too quick. Amen? We, it doesn't mean any of that, but it does mean that we cannot write someone off as if we put ourselves in the position of the judge of other people's souls. We cannot do that. But judgment does, it does need to happen. Like I said, we read in this text, Jesus wasn't very politically correct here. Um, I can't write people off or condemn people to hell. I cannot forget what great lengths God has went to reach out to me, to love me. But we do need some help with this word hypocrite. Sometimes in our effort to, you know, encourage people, um, we pick up in church um, this idea of repenting that we're hypocrites because we have this idea of hypocrite, which isn't the, Old isn't the New Testament idea of hypocrite. We have this idea of hypocrite that it's like anyone who doesn't perfectly live up to what they say they believe. And that is not hypocrisy. The Greek word that Jesus uses here is very targeted. He's targeted to this particular religious group. And the word means to be an actor. So your entire life, your entire life you're trying to signal to everybody else 
that you're one thing. But on the inside, you're something totally different. Now, I know that many of us have been that. We have tried to put a face. But this has nothing to do with you cannot help anyone or say a word to anyone until you're perfect. That is not what it's saying. That is not what it's saying at all. All of us stumble. All of us fall. And we would add to our sin and add to our raggediness if we just adopt the philosophy that says, well, since I'm not perfect, I'm not going to say anything about anybody's stuff. (laughs) That's being a punk. It's being a coward. It's not loving. It's not Jesus. It's our fear. We don't want people to not like us. That's all that is. It has nothing to do with God's love in us. So where is the line? This is hard. So you go to work, right? And there's a, there's a party at work. And there's a guy that you don't know real well from some other part of the, the where, you know, you don't work with them directly. But he's like super flirty with everybody. There's that. And then all the way to you're at a family party. And for some reason, this guy, there's another guy who's family and he's flirting with all the cousins. Where, where do you, when do you say something? Do you hear what I'm saying? Probably most of us would be like the flirty guy that works in another department isn't my, you know what I mean? Like, not my calling, not my responsibility. Where, where, do, you, where do you draw the line? This is not easy. So like you're at Walmart, right? I know you're all too good to go to Walmart, but I, I go to Walmart because, you know, it's what happens. <laughs> so you're at Dollar General. You're at the Dollar G on Broadway, and you see someone you don't know, and their hair is combed over wrong, exposing all of their baldness. <laughs> all the way to you're at the wedding. Your son's about to get married. And his bow tie is sideways. What am I getting at? Last week I talked about worry. Last week I said that we all need a card. We carry it in our pocket. And we have to call each other out when we worry. But here's the thing. That's not a card that's ascribed just because you go to the same church with somebody. And that's not ascribed to me just because you call me Pastor Joe. That has to be earned. That card has to be earned. It's not just given freely, right? And so you don't get to just say something to somebody out of nowhere with no relationship and no trust and no investment in that person's life. So that when you speak... The truth in love, as the Bible commands us, there is a foundation of love. There's a foundation of knowing somebody that you can say stuff to them that you're concerned about from your perspective. But you don't have that right with everybody. Everybody. 
Sometimes churches encourage people to confess their sins, right? And, and they do that, and they're like, confess your sin, and they assign you somebody, and they're like, you're going to be with that person. You've got to confess your sins. Now, I don't know about you, but I got some sins that I can't just confess to just anybody. And I think that probably most of all of you have the same stuff. <laughs> that you're not just going to confess your sins and be 100 with somebody that you got signed up with on a sheet. Because <laughs> we're not going to just go around and sit next to each other in the pews and be like, yeah, I'm so proud. I mean, I'm just killing it. <laughs> Killing it in my marriage, killing it with my kids. And you know, I just get a big head. No, <laughs> we are broken. But that doesn't mean that we can unload everything to everybody without discretion. We need to make judgment. We need to make right judgment. Jesus says, don't cast pearls before swine. What does he call the pearl? He says that the pearl of great price is like the kingdom of God. He's talking about to his disciples who he's going to dispatch and send out to all these villages all over Jerusalem and out in the outskirts. And he's saying there's going to be some villages and there's going to be some people who just aren't feeling it and don't keep pushing don't keep pushing don't keep knocking on the door of somebody who's like I don't want this it's like if I were to give my keys to my seven-year-old daughter and be like hey babe Drive the car. <laughs> she would definitely try. <laughs> she would definitely figure something out. <laughs> she is not some passive whatever. She will organize someone else to push on the gas, and she will find a way to move that vehicle. And what I'm trying to say is that's like a funny example, right? We, we do this, though. We do this. I mean... I've seen it. I've seen it. People, you know, I have a friend who went to, he, he was coming out of addiction, and he was doing his meetings. He was out of rehab. He was just doing his meetings, and he met this woman that he just was like, this woman is beautiful, right? And he got with this woman, um, and... He gave himself to this woman, right? And his head and his soul and his heart began to clear after weeks turned into months of being sober. And he realized this woman emotionally was an empty vessel. And he was devastated because he got to a different place than he was when he started that relationship. Don't cast your pearls before swine, before people who aren't capable of valuing. What is valuable? Do you hear me? So Jesus 
He, he wants us to, to judge wisely and generously as Christians. Don't judge by appearances. Don't judge those outside the family. That's throughout the New Testament. You, this has been a problem, is that the church has treated itself with cushions and lived in a nerf world, and the church doesn't take discipleship seriously, and we don't push each other on things hard, but we look out and we curse the big bad world outside the church. Like, oh, look at how they're doing everything wrong. And I want to say that if that's ever been you, I want to say as a pastor that I am sorry. I am sorry that that happened. Because that's the direct violation of the New Testament. Let me be really clear. The scripture teaches that we are not to judge those outside of the household of faith. Now, there will always be people, like I said, there's always that one more. And there will always be people around and we're reaching out to who are just living their lives. <laughs> and they're just doing whatever. cannot judge them we cannot judge them that does not mean by the way that once someone becomes a Christian we beat the crap out of them <laughs> they're not living up to our expectations that's not what I'm saying <laughs> but but as we earn that card and that right to speak into each other's lives we do challenge things we do encourage each other. We do try to push each other. We do try to yell at each other, get out of your head. <laughs> right? He said, get out of your head. And we love them and we try to take them. And they're, they're just so in their head. And it's like, all right, let's take a drive down to the shore and a drive back. And let's just have a meal. And let's just go out and like decompress. And let's just, and we just walk with each other through things. Right? So let me, let me end with this. There is a time when judgment needs to be absolutely critical. Not our spirits, not the tone of who we are, but there is a time when we need to be aggressive and we need to be critical. Like when you go to the surgeon that is the best surgeon in the country, you want that person to not be like a, well, there's lots of ways to do this. <laughs> I'm trying to chill. Like, I'll wash my hands or I won't wash my hands before the surgery. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to be too strict about the nurses and their training that are there with me. No, you want a narrow-minded, OCD, strict surgeon. <laughs> you want someone who knows the direction they're going in has experience, is confident, and will help you. And we need that in our spiritual lives. We need that with our families. There are guys here that don't know what it's like to be a dad, including me, because I didn't have one. There are women here who don't know what it's like to be a mom or a grandmom because we had an imperfect picture of that from our family. And we need to go to the father of the fatherless. And we need to go to the defender and protector of the orphan and the widow. 
And that's what it means to be a disciple. You get knocked off your horse and you say, Jesus, you're king of my life. But can you see that there is both? Can you see that you can be hard on yourself and go hard after God and seek to live your life for God and yet not be hard on everybody else around you? Can you see that both can happen? Because that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants for this for us. Listen, we will not shake up Gloucester. We will not shake up Gloucester and make it into heaven by shame and by condemnation and by judgment. There's, we pray in Gloucester as it is in heaven. That's not going to happen by just a bunch of bullying and peer pressure. We do bully in love, right? We do call things out. And we do knock on doors and be like, what you doing, hang over, come. And we, and we are persistent. And we are there. But that's in love. That's in love. And not in just be afraid. Be afraid. You're screwing up your life. No. God's joy and his love and his grace beats up our fears and our condemnation. We don't win this world through judging. We win this world through God's grace. Let me pray for us. God, I pray that we would be disciples who are discerning and are wise, who don't give to people and just like Like that movie Bird Box, we're not trying to like rip somebody's eyes open to see something. We're not trying to force something down someone's throat. Lord, I pray, Father, that we would um, be led by your love and by your spirit. We wouldn't be a people who make final condemnations on others. At the same time, we would boldly stand up for what is true. Stand up for your word Lord help us help us guide us lead us as a church let Epiphany Church be a place where folks who have been falsely judged would be healed Lord make that a part of our story that the people who have been beat up would be loved and built up in Jesus name Amen